It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you? Doing well. What's going on? Not too much. Uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about some roster moves the Titans have made since the last time we recorded, and then we'll talk about the pursuit of Indomitian Sioux, which we started talking about last week, but we've gotten a little bit, a few more updates on that, so we'll, we'll kind of break that down, and then we'll talk about the trade that the Colts made over the weekend. Um, they got a bunch of picks coming up, so we'll we'll dive into all that. Before we do that, uh, tell you as always that we write for MusicCityMiracles.com. Uh, covering the Titans for SB Nation, so you can you can check us out there. Uh, that's where the most up to date information will go. And then obviously we were you know hit the podcast at night. Um, you can follow us Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. Terry is at tlambertfb. Follow our podcast account at Locked On Titans. Uh, do another Q and A this week. So follow that. We'll we'll send the tweet from there. Uh, you reply there. That's how we'll get your questions on the air. You can subscribe to the podcast. All that all that stuff. iTunes, Stitcher, where you get your podcasts. So. A lot of places where you can find us. All right, so since we last recorded, the Titans released Carl Klug and Sylvester Williams. Uh, we'll start with Syl- Sylvester Williams. Um, that was one that, you know, dating back to when they signed him, just never really made a lot of sense. A guy that, I mean, I know you didn't like him coming out. Um, he didn't. He was he underachieved with the Broncos, at least relative to, you know, where he was drafted and all that kind of stuff. Um, you probably didn't think he underachieved because that's kind of what you thought he was going to do. But Titans gave him some money, um, you know, I guess to play nose, but then it never really it never really played out that way. So kind of a, a, a weird marriage, so to speak, that ended. Not necessarily surprised that it happened, um, but you know they had to take like a, a two and a half million dollar dead dead money hit against the cap to get rid of him. Still saved money, so I mean it makes sense if he didn't if he didn't fit what you wanted to do. But you know that that one just kind of seemed like a mistake from the beginning. Absolutely, uh, I I didn't understand it. Still don't. Um, if you they clearly signed him to, to play nose tackle, uh, yeah, he's kind of undersized, six two and three thirteen for that spot. Uh, that's kind of light compared to what you see around the league. Um, just a guy that that's gonna kind of penetrate the gap. He's got some quickness off the ball. Uh, not a guy that's gonna anchor. So I, I didn't understand it from the beginning, and it it turns out unfortunately I was right. Uh, but credit to John Robinson for uh, kind of owning up to the mistake and going ahead and releasing him. Um, so, you know, we've talked about nose tackle a little bit. It seems like that's a spot where they want to upgrade. Uh, there's obviously the, the, the big name out there is Indomitian Sue, and I'm not sure you play nose tackle, but I think you've got a guy in Daquan Jones that can handle that responsibility if they wanted to go down that path. Uh, but either way, I, I'm glad that they are addressing the spot, and hopefully they can get an upgrade there. Yeah, so we weren't real real sad to see that one. Uh, Carl Kluglin was was a little bit harder um, because you know he's a guy that has has kind of been a fan favorite here. Um, you know, and just a guy that comes in as as an underdog. Um, you know, going all the way back to the short arms thing that uh, you, you could see across the internet when he was coming out. That was the knock on him, and, and he, you know, fell in the draft because of that. Uh, Titans picked him in the fifth round back in 2011, and I, I didn't realize he'd been with the team that long um, w- until I was looking back and they made the announcement. And a guy that again just, just kept like kind of defying the odds and, and staying on the roster. 
Um, you know, had a, had a good rookie year, had seven sacks his rookie year. Um, that was that was his best year, ends his career with 21 and a half sacks. But, you know, we, we kind of all wrote him off when they switched to 3-4 because it didn't seem like he would necessarily fit that defense. But he impressed the coaching staff, stayed around. I mean, has been here through multiple different coaching staffs, defensive, defensive staff, defensive coordinators, all that kind of stuff has, has changed a bunch of times while Klug was with the team, and he, and he kind of kept hanging on. So, um, and you made the point before we started. I mean, just, and it seemed like a guy that would step up in big spots and make a big play. Um, so it wasn't even necessarily the volume of, of plays that he made, but just kind of seemed like a, a guy that could be counted on to make the, the big stop when you needed it. So just kind of sad to see him go. A really good guy to have on your bench. Uh, a good rotational interior rusher thought he gave the Titans so many years uh, of solid reps in, in passing downs and passing situations. Uh, not a guy that's going to hold up against the run very well, but uh, a pretty clear and defined role. So uh, getting older, you know, he's been in the league for, what, seven years now? Tom flies. Uh, but, yeah, just made seemed to make the big play when the Titans needed one. Uh, you know, you'll never forget uh, Mike Keith yelling, Klug. Uh, that was kind of his calling card. So uh, sad to see a guy like that go. Uh, was just one of the glue guys. Uh, you got some glue guys. So, uh, but again, like Sylvester Williams, it seems like the Titans want to upgrade that defensive line. Uh, and it's interesting because the Titans were pretty good against the run. Uh, but I, like I've said for the past couple of years, you know they've been pretty good against the run. But I, I still think they can get better. Uh, so it, it's cool to see John Robinson kind of. Well, we assume he's going to go attack this, but um, I think you can bump up defensive line on your needs list, regardless of what happens with Ndamukong Sue, uh, as kind of a, a day two option now for the Titans. Yeah, and you know, just real quick to the point about them being good against the run, we talked a lot, as as that's been the case, that part of the reason for that was they were so bad against the pass that teams just threw it against them didn't didn't have to run it. Now, you know, you upgrade your secondary with Malcolm Butler. So if you've got – if your run defense is actually not that good, you're going to see it um, – you know, you're going to see teams try to attack you that way since, you know, presumably your pass defense is going to be better. So good to fill those holes, you know, to kind of see that coming and, you know, go ahead and make these moves so that you're not caught in a year where, you, you know, you thought you were good – and you were good statistically against the run, but you, it wasn't necessarily because you know you had the the guys up front to stop it. It was because teams didn't do it. So good to kind of see some some forethought there, and, and and to see where this was going. So, and obviously, I mean, we all hope that they're they're clearing room for Adamic and Sue. I know that this you know doesn't necessarily mean that that that's what's going to happen here. Um, it, like you said, it's just kind of the natural roster turnover, seeing guys that don't necessarily fit what you want to do or places you think you can upgrade and moving on. So that's that's kind of um, that, that, that's obviously what they're doing here. Now, you know, obviously the the elephant in the room, so to speak, is in Dominican too. So uh, coming up, we'll talk a little bit about him, where you know his, his the pursuit of him stands, and, and kind of what we think the Titans' chances are. So. And Dominican Sue took his first uh, official visit. I know that's a, that's a college term, but um, he, he the first visit that, that we know that. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest 
completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. When I was, was to the New Orleans Saints at the end of last week, and then he was in Nashville to visit with the Titans on Saturday um, and then it was reported this morning that he is visiting the Rams on Tuesday. Um, we were talking a little bit about about that before we jumped on and about how, you know, the Saints, they're, they're really tight against salary cap. They've only got like 2 or $3 million in cap room. So it would take some, you know, really, really big maneuvering for them to get a, to get a contract done with soon. Not that it's impossible, but it would be a bigger task for them. Then somebody like the Titans or then – the Rams, when you when you hear about them jumping into the mix, so I mean we talked a little bit about this, but I, I think the report of the Rams being involved makes me a little bit more nervous that it might not happen here than I was maybe you know this time yesterday. Yeah, I kind of went from fifty fifty to about twenty five percent confidence. Uh, you know, you just throw a team like the Rams in there who seem like they're just going for it, and they've got the cap space. You know, they're not paying a lot of their young players yet. They've just got to leave on that defense. You've got Aaron Donald there. The thought of throwing Sue into that mix is horrifying. Uh, so they would become instant Super Bowl contenders. Not that they aren't already, but you know, it would kind of put them over the top. Uh, so it, the report out there is Sue wants to go win. You know, he wants to go play for a contender. Money's not that big of a deal. I, I'm not sure I buy the the money not being a big deal thing. But I, I think he can get probably the best of both worlds with Tennessee or L.A. So he's going to have to determine uh, what's the fit. You know, the Titans have his old defensive line coach here. Maybe that's a factor. Uh, but, you know, the thought of playing with Aaron Donald, if I'm in Dominican Sioux, uh, that's probably going to win out, honestly. Yeah, and like you said, um, it's all it's all well and good to to hear that you know the visit with the Saints, the visit with the Titans. He didn't even talk money. He's trying to gauge fit and all that stuff before he gets to that point. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's true. But at the same time, like you said, there's going to come a point where they're going to talk about money, and he's not going to play for nothing. So th- that is going to factor into this. And again, that's just why I think you lean like you said more towards. Titans or Saints who have the cap room to get something like that done. So then it just comes down to wherever he feels like he fits better, whichever team he thinks is is closer to being able to to, to get him to a Super Bowl. And you know, obviously the Rams last year, uh, you know, they they had a great season, um, and we saw how good that offense was in person when they when they came here. And you know, Todd Gurley ran all of the Titans you know, on the ground and through the air. So um, you know, it both I, I think both are attractive. Uh, organizations for him and so then it'll just be about where where he feels like he fits better and like you said hopefully the the fact that the titans have his old defensive line coach 
I mean, hopefully that factors in, and maybe that's enough to push him over the edge. Because I would assume at the end of the day, the Titans and the Rams are going to offer him very similar contracts. I mean, I think you're talking about a one- or two-year deal. I mean, at least a two-year deal, but it could be one of those things that's basically a one-year deal. He's not, I, don't, I don't think he's going to get a long-term deal, but I think you're looking at a short, short-term deal. Um, with lots of money in the in the in the first year, probably some some stuff with incentives tied up in it, and then you know again just just go from there. But it's going to come down to whichever team he feels like he's is closer to winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, thirty one years old, you're not gonna you're not gonna sign to a five or six year deal. It's going to be you know two or three years, uh, even if the contract doesn't necessarily say that. That's how it's going to be structured. So uh, you're going to see Sue hit the market probably one more time. But it, it's it's worth going for, I think. Uh, you know, on the flip side, I think you saw a potential backup plan emerge onto the market, and Jonathan Hankins, uh, the Colts cut him, and that's one of the better interior defensive linemen uh, in the in the league right now. I mean, he was so good with uh, with the Giants, and Indy signed him to a big three deal last year, and just all of a sudden cut him and, and said he didn't fit their scheme. Uh, so Pro Football Focus had him in the top twenty of the interior linemen last year. That's probably a guy that that's going to come in maybe a little bit cheaper. Um, he, he, that's a guy that that could be a backup plan here, and uh, might be a little better uh, long term. Yeah, and he played at Ohio State. I think he, he was did. there. He was there when Vrabel was there. He was. So I there mean, you, you know, we talk about eyes and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that there's you know, I mean, they know each other. I don't, I don't. They might. They may hate each other. I don't, I don't have any idea. <laughs> but um, there, there's at least some familiar, familiarity there, um, and so that could be something. Like you said, that you you kind of go all in on Sue, and if that doesn't work out, then you've got Hankins to fall back on. And again, it, I, it just, I'm just reminded of the was it Mario Williams that was a free agent at the same time that Peyton Manning was. Yes, it was. I, I can't remember. You know, and then all these people were like, "Oh, the Titans didn't sign Mario Williams because they were only focused on Peyton Manning," and they, you know, blah blah blah. Well, teams can do two things at once. You know, Mario Williams, if you remember that, he went to Buffalo for his first visit, never left. He signed a contract there. Um, and obviously the Titans, you know, tried to get Peyton Manning and didn't get him. But I would assume that if the Titans are interested in, in Hankins, they have had conversations with him uh, or with his, you know, with his agent or whoever and just kind of touching base, here's where we are, and, you know, with the understanding of, of the suit thing playing out. And again, Hankins may not want to wait on that. But if he does like Vrabel, if the Titans can offer him more money, it, it, you know, whatever, than, than whoever else, then that would be a thing that they'll be keeping, like you said, they'll be keeping an eye on. And he would be, a, he would be a, an absolutely an upgrade from Sylvester Williams, right? So, you know, if they could get something like that done, while we would still be, you know, upset about missing out on Sue, you would still say, look, John, John Robinson upgraded this defense from last season with that deal no it's not the name of Duncan Sue but it's going to be it would be a guy that would come in and make them better it's exciting you know I love I still think football is one in the trenches uh, I think a lot of the skill positions are just kind of window dressing but I man I think you make your money in the trenches and I'm I'm so excited to see uh, at least we think John Robinson going for it uh, and, and upgrading that defensive line which is something that I've been kind of clamoring for uh, since Darrell Casey hit his prime, you know, pairing someone a dynamic force uh, with, with Darrell Casey, freeing him up, getting some double teams off of him potentially, uh, could just do wonders for this defensive front seven. 
Yeah, so like I said, we'll, we'll keep an eye on all of that, and I would assume. I mean, I, I don't know if Sue's going to take any more visits. I think there was a there's a thing about the Cowboys today that they had reached out and were interested, but there again, they don't they don't have the cap space either uh, without doing some things to 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 bring him in. And I just I don't I don't know if it, culture and all that stuff, but um, hopefully the Rams are, are the last visit that he takes. And then, you know, sometime, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, we'll, we'll get an answer on where he's going to play. All right, last thing we're talking about tonight is the trade that the Colts made and, and kind of who we see as the winner in that deal and what how that projects the Colts going forward. So I, I think it was Saturday the Colts uh, announced the, the trade on Twitter that they had traded picks with the Jets. And I'm trying to get this here. Um, so the the Colts gave the Jets the third overall pick. In return, the the Colts got the sixth overall pick, second round pick, thirty seventh overall in two thousand eighteen, second round pick, forty ninth overall in two thousand eighteen, and then a second round pick in two thousand nineteen. Now, you know we we, we know this is what this is about. This is about the Jets trying to get a quarterback. Um, the Jets, you know, they they signed Teddy Bridgewater, they signed Josh McCown. They're going to draft a quarterback overall, um, so they're going to have a plethora of options there. But you know, I mean, I, I think it's everybody's real quick to declare the Colts the winner of the trade, and, and you know why, right? I mean, you, you they've got their quarterback. It's not unlike what the Titans did, um, you know, two years ago when they traded the first pick uh, when they had Mariota. They didn't need a quarterback. The Rams want to golf, so it, it makes sense for, for both sides. A little bit different here, though, for the Jets in that when you only move to three, then you don't necessarily get your pick of guys. I mean, they're not going to get their pick of guys. There, there's going to be at least one quarterback going to the top two. If somebody else trades into number two, there could be two quarterbacks that go in the top two. Then you're sitting there looking at the, the third guy on the list. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, the Colts are the clear winners here. And if nothing else, I mean, if the Jets trade up, they get their guy, then both teams can win this deal. Uh, I mean, you know, the Colts got a lot of picks, a lot of high picks that they need because their roster is just, I mean, their roster is really, really bad. And so this will allow them to, obviously, if they they select the right guys, um, allow them to quickly rebuild their roster. So you never want to see a a team in your division be able to make this deal. We assume Andrew Luck's coming back. Now they're going to have what, you know, um, I'm assuming they have their second-round pick as well. I don't know if they had it, but then you're you're talking about four picks in the top 49 of, of this upcoming draft. Um, you, you know, not real, really excited to see that because they, they're going to have a chance to get a lot better quickly. Really what happened was the, the Jets beat the Bills to the punch. So you've seen the Bills position themselves to go get a quarterback. You've seen them creep up. They, they got to 12 last week. Now they're sitting at 12 and, and 23, I believe. And, and you know, the, the big rumor is they're, they're coming up to three and they're going to trade with the Colts, and then the Jets jump, jump in and, and ruin their plan. So um, I still think the Bills are in play to get to two, but that price is just going to be astronomical uh, considering what the Jets gave up to get from six to three. Imagine what it's going to take to get to 12 to two. Um, so that's going to be really fascinating to play out. It, it reminds me of when the Eagles came up and, and, and got to two and the Rams came up and got to one. A uh, really similar situation. And honestly, it was the best thing the Colts could could have done because that roster is absolutely awful. They need everything. 
uh, literally everything. So you can go from three to six. You're still going to get your pick, probably, uh, maybe even a Barkley. possibly still get your pass rusher and chubb so uh it's a no-brainer from the Colts stance and then you get three three second round picks for for moving back three spots so that's that's just a no-brainer to me uh i, I think i think ballard is the real deal up there uh kind of took a john robinson approach and, and hasn't really signed too many people at least in year one like like robinson did uh so i i think the Colts are playing the long game here uh, and I think it's going to pay pay off for him in the end, assuming Andrew Luck comes back healthy. Yeah, assuming Andrew Luck comes back healthy, and they don't whiff on a couple of those picks. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just I'm just telling you, like this division that was the laughing stock for you know a couple of years here is about to be really good. Best in football. Um, just yeah, about. I mean, if if the Colt like it's like I said, if they hit on these picks, if Andrew Luck comes back. The Texans, if Deshaun Watson comes back healthy, we know what the Jaguars have, the talent they have on, on defense, especially. Um, you know, we assume the Titans are going to, you know, they were good last year. They're going to take a, another step forward this year. It's a tough division, and it, it's not going to be, it, it's not going to be mentioned like it has the last few years. And so that's that's good. Um, it'll make for you know more interesting games uh, to watch week in and week out. It's not necessarily what you love because it, it's nice having, you know, a cupcake or two on your schedule every year. But, you know, th- those things, they don't, it doesn't, it doesn't ever stay like that for long in the NFL. Um, you know, they're most, I guess, beside the Browns, everybody else, you know, goes up, goes down, um, you, you know, and, and so we knew that it wasn't going to be forever, that the division was going to be bad. And then granted, you know, part of the reason that the division was talked about as being so bad was because the Titans were so bad for a couple of years there. So, they're changing, and, and like I said, it's going it's to be a fun. It's going to be a fun race to watch. You're going to have um, at, at least three, you know, really good quarterbacks um, with with Mariota and Watson and Luck. You know, again, assuming those guys are healthy. So I don't know. Um, we'll just you have to have to wait and see how it all plays out. But like I said, I, I wasn't you know thrilled to see that the Colts were able to pull that off. But you kind of knew that somebody was going to do that because it's just like anything else. When you have so many quarterback needy teams, you have a team sitting up there that doesn't need a quarterback, they're in a really great spot. And again, the Titans benefited from that two years ago. So uh, anything else we need to talk about tonight? Uh, real quick, Titans talked uh, for a long time with John Kelly today at the Tennessee Pro Day. So uh, still, you got Deion Lewis in the fold, you got Derrick Henry, you're going to need one more. Uh, I, I don't think you're going to see the Titans roll with two running backs. Uh, like they did last year. So I, I still think they're going to be in play for one on day three, but uh spent a lot of time with John Kelly today in Knoxville. So is Kelly Kelly's a day three guy, we're assuming? Uh, yeah, yeah, top end of day three, somewhere anywhere from round four to round five. He, he's just a small guy, 5'9", uh, you know, four, high 4'5 four, speed, uh, but it runs really hard. So there's some concerns about his size and durability and whether or not he'll be able to hold up in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, one of the better options on day three. Yeah, and I think that's where, like you said, you don't eliminate the need for the Titans to draft a running back because they signed Deion Lewis, but you just move it down on the board right. some. Um, and so yeah, that does the, he he seems to be a, the type of guy that that could be a good fit here. So um, and we'll have more on there. There's pro days going on, you know, pretty much all, all the time this this time of year. So we'll have more on that stuff as it becomes available. Um, good to see John Robinson out there holding the bag today. Uh, you know, the Vrabel and Robinson like to get out there and mix it up. So um, that's always kind of fun to watch. But anyway, uh, so we'll be back tomorrow. Um, hopefully we'll have something on Indomitian Sioux 
who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll maybe get some insight on how the Rams visit goes and kind of how the teams are stacking up. So between now and then, check out MusicMiracles.com. Uh, we'll have any updated information there. Follow us on Twitter at JMorrisMCM, at TLambertFB, and the podcast account is at Lockdown Titans. So for Terry, this is me saying thanks for listening to Lockdown Titans, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.